Let's get this hour going. It is Monday, January 8th, and we are underway with Wes Gilbertson of Post Media. My name is Pat Steinberg. Welcome to the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Did you know Calgary Lock and Safe also fixes doors? If you have one that needs it, visit calgarylockandsafe.com slash doors. Yes, we're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts as we get a new week underway. And we go inside hockey to kick off this hour for Calgary Co-op. This hockey season, support local. Find your all-time classics and locally brewed beers. Visit your local Calgary Co-op wine, spirits, beer today. Well, the number 949 is a significant one for the Calgary Flames and specifically significant for two people on Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday when the Flames welcome the Ottawa Senators to the Scotiabank Saddledome. Those two people will be Mark Giordano of the Toronto Maple Leafs and Flames captain Michael Backlund. The reason why is that Tuesday night versus the Ottawa Senators, Backlund will tie Giordano for the second most games in Flames franchise history at 949. Then Thursday in Arizona, if all goes according to plan, he'll move into sole possession of number two on the all-time games played list with 950. Arizona just happens to be the state that, uh, not the same building, one one building has had NHL capacity and the current one doesn't, Um, but it was in that state against the Arizona Coyotes that Michael Backlund did score his first NHL goal in a uh, rather memorable way as well. I remember the goal vividly, where I was watching it, the celebration. Um, Yours or Michael's? Both. Okay. I was, I was dancing on tables. Uh, I was at Shank South just <laughs> on tables. Um, that's where he's going to move into sole possession of number two all-time. Countdown's been on, West since since Michael signed the extension and was named captain yeah. just before the start of the season. You know, it, it would have been on anyway, but had he not signed, he would have been in the same conversation uh, that guys like Chris Tanev and Noah Hannafin and Elias Lindholm find themselves in. For sure. So I think that there would have been other conversations surrounding Michael. Yeah. But now that the extension is signed and now that he is the captain of the Calgary Flames... Yeah, we've been waiting for right around early January for when he was going to tie and uh, surpass Mark Giordano for number two on the all-time franchise games playlist. Yeah, and and just sort of a a neat, I suppose, wrinkle with the timing. It was 15 years ago today, January 8th, 2009, that Michael Backlund played his first game in the Flames logo. He was... Between the World Juniors in Ottawa, where he just picked up a silver medal, he was waiting for the paperwork to be completed so he could join the Western Hockey League's Kelowna Rockets. And as it so happened, Todd Bertuzzi was injured. They weren't planning to play Michael Backlund during that sort of eye-opener stint at the Saddledome. They put him in the lineup. And so for that to have been 15 years ago today and... Then tomorrow for Michael Backlund to move into a tie for second on the all-time games played list in this city. That sort of longevity, like this is not an everyday storyline. 
this this is something special. And we played a clip from Michael Backlund yesterday in Chicago on the first hour. I know how frustrated he must be feeling today. I know he's wearing the losses even more than he used to as the captain. And yet, I hope he takes a ton of pride in this tomorrow because this tying Mark Giordano and then ultimately moving into sole possession of second, trailing only the legendary Jerome McGinley. It's pretty darn cool. It really is. And and again, it's not like we're surprised he's here. We've known that this is going to happen this season since the beginning of the season. And and we're going to spend the, the first half of the hour on this. Get your text in if you want to chat at 960-960 because I think it deserves to be talked about. And you know why I think it deserves to be talked about? is because I know how much these things, not that this isn't the only reason, but I just, I know how much these things mean to Michael as well. It means a lot to him. I, I know it meant a lot when he hit 900 last season. Yeah, you could feel that. You could see it. Every time you asked him about it, you could feel the pride there. Well, I, I remember doing a sit-down with him, um, and he came into the hot stove after a practice one day and it was probably like at eight ninety seven or eight ninety six, And we just kind of did like a, a pre-conversation to play ahead of his 900th game. And, and I just remember how he was like, yeah, like, these things mean a lot like off mic use. These things mean a lot to me. Like the, he he's proud of being that for the organization. He's proud of being able to spend his entire career with one organization. So when you have the 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 mark in and of itself for a team that started in the early 1970s. The mark in and of itself is impressive, but then to know and and to really like feel what it means to him, yeah, I, I think just makes it that much more worthy of of conversation. And when he hits a thousand next year, it'll be the same thing. That's going to mean a significant amount to him. And you just. This guy has meant an immense amount to the community, to the city of Calgary, to the Flames organization, to Flames fans, and to know that it means just as much to him to hit these things and to be recognized, and, and not to be recognized, but to, to know that he's gotten to these points and recognize it himself. Yeah. I, I think it just makes it, it, it resonates with me anyway that much more. Yeah, let me, let me read you a list quickly that adds some perspective for me. There are there are 13 players. So tomorrow, for those just tuning in, tomorrow Michael Backlund plays number 949 of his career on behalf of the Calgary Flames. Moves into a tie for second on the all-time franchise list. There are 13 active players in the NHL who have played more games while only wearing one logo. And listen to this list. Alex Ovechkin, Andrzej Kopitar, Mark Edward Vlasic, Sidney Crosby, Drew Doughty, Nicholas Backstrom, Evgeny Malkin, Jamie Benn, Chris Letang, Steve Stamkos, Victor Hedman, Brad Marchand, John Carlson. That's really impressive company. Yeah. That's 13 out of, what, 700 players in the National Hockey League? Yeah. Who have played more games in one logo than Michael Backlund currently has. It's pretty darn cool. And and we're not talking about a superstar. And if Michael hears that, he knows I mean that as no disrespect to him. But third-line centers tend to bounce around in their careers, right? Third-line centers maybe play for two or three different teams, maybe four different teams. Look at Craig Conroy's own career. For Michael Backlund to have had the staying power he has with the organization that drafted him, 
to have had the impact that he's had in this city as evidenced by his King Clancy trophy last season. This is something we should be celebrating. And, yep. and I guarantee tomorrow at the Saddle Dome, we will be. And it should be. I, I mean, it's funny you bring up the King Clancy and uh, just being there in Nashville when he won it and and seeing how much it meant to him. And he was, you know, pretty emotional and, and almost choked up on stage. And it was just kind of, it was all just like a blur. Like he had just won an NHL award for being a, charter member of of the community that has been his second home yeah so it, it was it, it's cool and and so yeah it, it does resonate knowing how much these things mean to him and and so i've just written down a bunch of different thoughts it is kind of cool that he's tying mark giordano as well because you know geo is the last captain of this team and and their paths are very different michael was drafted out of europe geo had to f- scratch and claw up to the north american system to get to where he is but both guys have faced plenty of adversity along the way. I mean, I, I remember all the conversations early in in Michael's career. I remember all the arguments about no, he's not a bust. Yes, he's a bust, and this guy, this guy's never going to turn into what the Flames expected him to. Um, or Steinberg, get out of here with your fancy stats; they mean nothing. Like oh, I remember all those things. I remember Jay Feaster talking about how he was whistling by the graveyard. I right. remember all the uh, he's too soft; he's never going to be able to play a full NHL season. Like all these things were very much part of the early Michael Backlund narrative, and now here he is about to play his 949th game and about to tie one of the the great perseverance stories in the NHL over the last 20 years for longevity with one franchise. That, that, that to me is pretty cool. Yeah. And it, it remains uh, a shame how it ended for Mark Giordano. And, and by that, I know it hasn't ended for him. He's still active with the Toronto Maple Leafs, his hometown team. What, what I mean is that it's a shame that he didn't play a thousand games on behalf of the Flames franchise. And they had really no choice when you look at it, but to expose him in the expansion draft, Seattle, for good reason, picked him up, ended up flipping him at the deadline. So I, I understand how we got here, but I, I think if we were having a, another conversation today about Michael Backlund, if we were lumping him in, as you mentioned earlier, with Elias Lindholm, Noah Hannafin, and Chris Tanev as guys who could be traded at the deadline, and then we were talking next November or, or whatever it would be, about Michael Backlund playing his thousandth NHL game on behalf of another franchise, I really think that would be too bad. Yeah. I, I really think that would be a shame. And that that's where the conversation kind of intertwines with Mark Giordano. I'm I'm happy that we're going to see Michael Backlund hit these milestones in the Flames logo. Yeah. It's neat. And and I mean, I think about the the top three games played leaders on the Calgary Flames, and and it's or in the Flames franchise history, it's Jerome McGinley, it's now Michael Backlund and Mark Giordano tied for second come Tuesday, and those are your last three captains of the team. Jerome gave way to Gio, took a couple of seasons, but Gio gave way to to Michael. I don't know. It's just it's it's neat to see him. Enter that. I mean, he's been in that conversation because he's been number three for mm-hmm. the longest time. But it's it's now cool to see him solidify himself as as number two on that list. And 
He'll end up being the second player in franchise history to play a thousand games, which we should and will make a big deal of when that happens next season. I I, I feel good for the guy, and um, yeah, and I I don't know what's more impressive to me, to be perfectly honest. I mean, a thousand is the round number. A thousand is the that's the one that is celebrated most, right? But at the same time, moving past Giordano and being behind only Jerome Ginla on that list, that to me is um, that to me is just as impressive. It really is. It it has to be, and these are the the nice milestones that allow you to reminisce a little bit. To to reminisce, as I talked about about Michael Backlund's first game, and that's something I did for a story that I, I wrote earlier today. To reminisce about the not-so-good times that you talk about, the fact that, you know, Jay Feaster sort of put him on notice that, hey, you you don't have a solid spot in this roster. The fact that Michael will tell you that he had conversations with his wife about potentially winding down his career in, in Europe, Europe because he didn't expect to necessarily be a guy who would play a 1,000 games in the National Hockey League. And so, you know, and, and we're talking, I think it, it's worth noting, and it's something that Craig Conroy pointed out to me in a conversation I had with him last week. We're talking about a guy who's still playing at 34 at a really high level. Uh, there is no reason to anticipate that we won't see the return of second half backs, right? The guy who he's been pretty good in the go, first half too, I'll, right? I'll give him that for sure. But that's what I mean. That yeah. there's no reason to think that this is a a guy who's lost a step. He continues to be a a really important player, and I I just think it it is really cool what these mean to him. You know, some some guys, and I, I get it. Some players sort of shrug off milestones. Eh, you know, it's just a number. It's just another game. It was the opposite of that on New Year's Eve with Blake Coleman, the kid from Texas who hits 500. And it's going to be different than that for Michael Backlund moving past Mark Giordano into second well, on and, the all-time list. And he he played with Gio. And, yeah. And, and, and for Jerome. a long time. Yeah. And he played with Jerome. And that 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 also is kind of cool. Like, He's going to, the, the next jersey that gets retired, he played with Kiprasov. Like, it, it, it's it's actually, you start to think about it, you're like, when it's all said and done, he's going to be associated with the same organization for 20-plus years going back to his draft year in 2007 if, if it lasts all the way to 2027, which, who knows, it might because my rudimentary math tells me that He'd have to sign one more deal to get to twelve nineteen, which is where Jerome is. And I'm not not suggesting he will or he won't. I have no idea what Michael has got left. But if you add forty two more games this year and then eighty two in the next two years, then that next contract and that next season would get him into the mark of being able to be in the Jerome conversation and maybe end up as the all-time games played leader for the Flames. Yeah, and what a what a story that would be. I, I want to put it in perspective another way because I just did some math here by hand, so this is probably wrong. But the next closest player to Michael Backlund in career games played active, that is, for the Calgary Flames, is Rasmus Anderson at 413. And that means that... Just to get to 949, the number that we're talking about, 
Rasmus Anderson would have to play the next six and a half seasons without missing a single game. We're we're seven years from even potentially having the conversation of another guy joining this club that now includes Jerome McGinley, Mark Giordano, and Michael Backwood. Yep. That I think that helps hammer home why we're devoting a half hour about to this. It, it helps hammer home why it should be such a topic of conversation. And I get everyone wants to talk about the the big picture and the future direction and and, and that's great, right? That that's going to be hanging there over the Calgary Flames on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. Tuesday should be about Michael Backlund yep. because this is a really special accomplishment. Um I've I've often wondered and and I I don't I don't profess to be um, <clears throat> objective on it, but I mean, I, I, I certainly believe that at some point, both number five and number 11 should be honored in some way by the Flames organization. I, I personally would have no problem if both those numbers were retired. Others have a stronger opinion on retired jerseys, but like, I think that it is a a great thing that Trevor Linden's number is hanging in Vancouver. Is Trevor Linden the greatest player to ever play for the Canucks? Is Trevor Linden a Hall of Famer? Is Trevor Le- No, but he meant the world to that organization. Yeah. And I think his number should be hanging. You know, jersey retirements are as much about what a player meant to an organization as much as how many points they put up. So I I personally would love to see 11 and 5 retired at some point whether or not they do that I have no idea but definitely honored in some way um I I think Mark Giordano deserves it I think that Michael Backlund deserves it you play that long with that with one organization and you Gio won a Norris been decades since the Flames player had won a Norris as a member of the Flames and Michael Backlund he just won a King Clancy he's been in the Selkie conversation and he's gonna he's gonna be one of two players ever to play a thousand games with the organization, I, I think these conversations are valid. I really do. Let me sum up my sort of stance on number 11 in particular this way. If Michael Backlund retires as a Calgary Flame, if that is the only logo that he's worn in his NHL career, I believe that number should be in the rafters. Yeah, that's fair. That'd be pretty cool. Good on him. And made better by the fact that this... This is like a top flight, as good as you're going to get human being. Yeah. And I, the other thing is you and I had to sit down with him in the hot stove the day he was named captain. So he wasn't beaming because he signed a new contract. He signed lots of contracts before. The guy was like, you could not wipe the smile off his face. What it meant being named the captain. When I, I remember when I, when, when I, called him Captain Calgary. Yeah. Trademark Wes Gilbertson. Uh, like the, his head almost exploded because the smile was so big. Like that stuff means something to the guy. And I just, I think that's a, a super endearing quality. It really, it's, and, and you're right. That's a cl- great, a class act human being on top of everything else. And yeah, he's 34 years old and still a damn good hockey player. And, and you know, a lot of nights might be the best center on the Calgary flames. I, uh, I had a sort of wide-ranging conversation with him during the last homestand, um, partially on Ryan Huska for a feature I wrote last week, partially on his first NHL game for a feature I wrote today. Anyways, 
I was transcribing that interview last week, and the first 45 seconds was Michael Backlund interrupting my question to ask how my, how my Christmas and my holiday break was. And I, I'll just tell you, that is not common practice in an interview. Like, this is just a, a really genuinely sincere, great guy. 949, I could not be happier yep. for him. A uh, few texts at 969.60. Uh, this says, hands down, Daryl Sutter's best draft pick. Uh, this says, yes, I agree. Uh, this says from Mike Backlund's not a third line center. He's the best center on this team. In my opinion, one of the better two way centers in the league and a consummate professional in person. Proud of the way this guy has worked to get where he is. He was my MVP last season. And it's good to see him finally get much overdue recognition. Well, not on this program. Flame might as well call it Backlund talk half the time on this show. Um, this says Backlund is like a fine wine, better as it's aged. This says uh, once had the opportunity to get a Backlund jer- jersey signed at the Flame Skills competition many years back as a rookie. My family and I all chose Glenn Cross jerseys. Would have never thought he'd be our future captain. Uh, this says Backlund's a superstar. Maybe not on the score sheet, but he's a stud player. And finally, this says Chris Neal had his number retired in Ottawa. I forgot about that. That. It's what a guy means to the organization. It's not what a guy's perception is around the rest of the league. And that's why I, I firmly believe 5 and 11 both deserve consideration to be retired. And if it were me, I'd give that check mark all day. You've sold me. Yeah. I, I, I do think it's important. I, I, I shouldn't say important. I believe that the backland debate becomes a no-brainer if, if he, he finishes his here. career yeah. in Calgary. Very fair. Um, congratulations, uh, to Michael Backlund, 949 games on Tuesday. He'll tie Mark Giordano for second on the all-time list. That's our look inside hockey for Calgary co-op. Let's go local Calgary from best from the West Canadian produce to quality only Alberta meats. Find your local at Calgary co-op shop online or in store today. You're locked on Flames Talk, only on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, let's uh, take a look at a very eventful last week, week and a half for the Calgary Wranglers as we welcome you back to this hour of Flames Talk. It's Pat Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson along with you, and it is time for our weekly Future of the Flames look, brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they believe they can give patients more time, visit OncolyticsBiotech.com. And uh, as we do on Mondays, we say hello to the head coach of the Calgary Wranglers, Trent Cole, joins us right now. Wranglers with 5-1 and 1-0 shootout wins over Henderson on the weekend. Wranglers now 21-9-3 on the year and remain the top team in the American League's Western Conference. Hello, Coach. How are we doing today? Doing well, boys. How's everyone? Doing well, doing well. Good to chat with you, and uh, uh, good to chat with you after uh, a good weekend. What would you like about uh, a couple of wins over Henderson? Well, you know what? The first night we got off to a great start. It got uh, it was like uh, three nothing in the first ten minutes. So it's nice, uh, you know, kind of controlling a game as opposed to chasing. We'd done a little bit of that uh, previous to that, so uh, kind of set the tone for us. And we played a, a really uh, solid hockey game. And then night two was like uh, the old kind of barn burner. Uh, you know, we're uh, sitting there and 
no one flinched in regulation, and there's some heated chances in, in overtime, that's for sure, and, uh, and then getting the win in the shootout. So that was pretty good. Yeah, and uh, back-to-back games and, and the ability to win in very different ways. That's uh, That's got to be a positive at this point of the season. Well, for us too. I mean, we've uh, we've been uh, going through so many. It's almost like hockey players, you know. We've had a lot of injuries, a lot of issues that have uh, adversity. You'll say that uh, has uh, created, I guess, just a lot of change for us. And uh, to find a way to win the first night was great. And then even like probably more indicative of what we're going to have to try to win is is the second night. Uh, you know we're going to have to grind out games and keep them as, as close as we possibly can, and and, and hope for uh, rely on our goaltending and our defense, and, and, and chip in a goal here or there, and hopefully it, it it's enough for us. I I, uh, I remember talking with you when you got the news that uh, both Dustin Wolf and and Ilya Solovyov would be rejoining your group, and you're like, yeah, I'm not going to lie, you know, with the the injuries that we've had, getting some reinforcements back, it feels good. So I'm I'm curious you uh you you got Jacob Pelche assigned there and he's almost a point per game player over the last number of years in the American League. Kevin Rooney looks like he'll be assigned there as well after uh, a stint on waivers. So uh potentially more reinforcements for the time being has to has to feel nice if that's the way it goes. Yeah, no, you know what uh for right now I think it's more uh they're, they're going to be, obviously, like you say, they're going to be coming to us. I don't know if they're going to be, you know, those guys are still in the, the return to play, so to speak, from, uh, you know, a surgery, a major injury. So we want to make sure that they're, you know, for the whole organization, those guys are ready and, and, and prepared for when they return, right? So even though they're probably coming to us and it's exciting to have them for practice this week, I don't think you'll see them into a into a lineup this weekend or anything like that. But, uh, but we do look forward to the to that day when they are able and, and ready to come back and play for us. So I, I'm curious, Trent, and, and without uh, without giving away too much, if if uh, if if you don't want to, I'm just when when you when you have a return to play situation like that, and and you do have guys who are ramping back up to try to get back to their first game action of the season. Uh, how how much are you briefed on the way that you want to approach practices and the way that you want to approach getting these guys into practices? I'm just curious as to what that whole process is like no i mean well we're going to go i mean we have to uh we have to take care of our our mood our mass you know like we have to make sure that we, we've we've got everybody up and running because those games are, are very important to us and so uh and then with the other guys that are on the return to play protocol usually they, once they get to us they're in those full practices and then we'll try to do something either before or after and or both and, and put them in situations where you know, if they didn't get it in practice, that we start building confidence with those guys. And I think that's the big thing. It doesn't matter almost what injury it is for any player. It's it's making sure that they are, you know, they're in good shape. They've skated. They've done some things. You know what I mean? So we got to get them back into five-on-five, five, play some contact, but also just, just having that confidence and knowing that their body is, is back to 100% yeah. and feeling good about it and, and not having to worry about that. You know, that's a that's a huge thing, I think, in a player's mind. And then when he when he overcomes that, then, then that's usually when they're ready to go. And, and I guess on that similar vein, over the last few days, you've uh, had the opportunity to have Oliver Shillington in practice with the group as well. Um, I'm, I'm just curious as to your impressions now that you've seen Oliver in a few practices. He got the one full contact practice in a few days ago. What's it, uh, what's it like been having Oliver around the group over the last few days? 
No, it's been good. I think he's excited. I think we're all excited for him too. You know what I mean? Like uh, for me, maybe some of the other guys were just getting to know him a little bit, you know? And, uh, and so it's, it's, he's new to me. And so, uh, but we're, I mean, I think it's, 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 it's great for him to, to be feeling good, be back into it, uh, into that team setting. Today wasn't as, as uh, rigorous. It was, it was a more development day is what uh, the plan was all along. We've got a, this homestand is a great opportunity for us to do a couple different things, making sure we're uh, kind of dialing in with our group and some of the guys and in individual skills. And so then for the next two days, they'll be a little back to normal of more, maybe a little more crush bang tomorrow and, and probably one of our harder practices. And then we'll uh, have a game uh, before a uh, game uh, practice the next day. So, but I think that's where same thing, you know, Oliver gets through those. If he's feeling good, then we'll see what happens from there. But uh, that's for us. I think it's just the, the, the process is just day by day and, and how he's doing and, uh, and we're loving to have him around us for sure. We're chatting with Trent Cull. Uh, he is the head coach of the Calgary Wranglers. Lots to dive into with this uh, Wranglers team coming off a couple of wins over Henderson. Uh, Trent joins us on Flames Talk every Monday. It's Pat Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson. Wes? Trent, I want to start by uh, saying congratulations and my apologies that I'm a few days late on this. But uh, for those who don't know, in the American Hockey League, if your team is in first place after New Year's Eve, the head coach represents his division at the AHL All-Star Classic, which is exactly the case for you and your Calgary Wranglers, which means that you're off to the All-Star game in, in San Jose. I'm just wondering, as a, a coach, what does a, an honor like that mean to a guy? Oh, you know what? It's totally... Uh... I'm getting rewarded for the, the kind of the sweat off the players' backs. You know what I mean? Those are the guys that are in the trenches. Those are the guys that are working really hard. And, and you know what? And I've been pretty pleased with the group overall. I mean, they've been a resilient bunch with, with all the, the adversity of our travel. We've talked about that a few times here on the show. And then we've talked about injuries right now. I was writing down a list of injuries just, you know, for the last couple of weeks that we've had. It's amazing, you know, like how many bodies uh, have gone out and then guys getting called up, which is awesome. You know what I mean? So, great for those guys but uh this group has found a way and uh it hasn't been easy but uh you know what i was really pleased with them just off this last weekend here too playing uh, anderson i thought they did a, a great job and maximizing their 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 skills and their talents and they've done a great job so for me that's a great reward uh but also the staff you know these guys have done a great job here for for us and for me you uh, you sweat through a game the other night that went to uh, a shootout at zero zero. I don't think that's going to be the case at the All Star Weekend. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, uh, I think you're right. Uh, first of all, it was awesome. Like I, I thought it was two teams that were a little bit tired, fatigued. You know what I mean? But uh, real good goaltending uh, battle. I mean, I thought the goaltenders were great, and uh, there were some good chances back and forth for sure. And, and I thought it was awesome. And I had a I just have this confidence, you know, and if we get through the, the you know, the overtime, um, you know, I obviously, I don't need to say much to the people here about Dustin, but you know what I mean? Like I go, I, sh I, it's my option as a home team coach where you want to shoot. So I immediately say, I want to shoot second because I want their guy to go against Dustin uh, first. I feel so confident in his ability. And so he, you know, stops the first one and, you know, all of a sudden they're on their heels right away. Right. So, I think that's awesome. You know what I mean? And then now, uh, speaking off that, I think the all-star plan, I think it's, I think it's a three-on-three -three format, and it's just like smaller games or whatever, so it'll certainly be a high-scoring affair, I'm sure. I, uh, 
I know the announcement uh, is coming this week, and, and I don't think anyone knows the answer, but it wouldn't seem like a total surprise if you had Dustin Wolf maybe with you at the All-Star game, would it? No, no, that would be, uh, I mean, obviously that'd be great, but I mean, yeah, I mean, we've, we've seen him do this already in his, in his short career, you know, and he has a pro and, uh, and yeah, I got, uh, I got plenty of room for him uh, beside me on the, on the plane for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yadin Kuznetsov has been on a lot of planes the last few days. He uh, jets off to join the flames in, in Philadelphia, watches a, a couple games as a healthy scratch and, gets reassigned today to the Wranglers without making his NHL debut. I, I'm wondering, for a, a kid like Jan, who's still only 21, to have the NHL team reward him for his consistency, just to know that although he hasn't played in the National Hockey League yet, he was close enough to get a call-up, what sort of boost should that be for him moving forward? Oh, I think it's great. I mean, uh, and he deserved it, you know. I mean, we we went through this last week talking about different case scenarios. This is our job, as always, you know, the the ifs, ands, and buts of what things happen. And uh, you know, I like uh, like Kuzi's been solid for us from the start to where he's been right now. He's been, you know, one of those guys who's probably been our most kind of reliable performer on the blue line. That doesn't mean that he's like, uh, you know, over the top or completely crazy noticeable, but like. Sometimes as a defender, that's a great way to play the game. And he's a big, strong guy. He's getting, I feel like he's gaining more confidence. I feel like our, our talks or whatever that we have as a coaching staff with him, too, are smaller, more simpler items. And, I, you know, it's it's the refining pro, uh, progress, you know, and he's doing that. He's, uh, he's he's getting his game better. He's more simple. He's uh, And, you know, he's a tough guy to play against because he's so big, because he's strong, and because he closes space off. And when he does, I think he can just become better and better at that. And I think he'll be a really good defender. So, like you said, he's he's had a call, and I'm sure that that call is going to come soon. He'll get his first game, and then kind of go from there, which is awesome. Let me ask you about one more player, and I'm going to be asking you sort of to repeat yourself because you and I have had this conversation already. But for Flames fans who are watching the game yesterday against the Chicago Blackhawks, Don Maloney was interviewed in the first intermission and sort of went out of his way to say that. Matt Coronado has been lights out for the Wranglers. Here's a a young man averaging 1.12 points per game in the American Hockey League. Knowing that he's certainly on the radar for another call-up, can can you just sort of explain all the details of his game that you're focusing on with him to make sure that the next time he gets that opportunity, he can really take advantage of an NHL shot? Yeah, you know what, I think that just, uh, and you know, he's a pretty good player with the puck uh, is what we've, that's the baseline of probably a lot of our talks. And just making sure that those are simple and solid plays uh, throughout the D zone and neutral zone and then almost in the O zone of letting him, like, find his way because he's a creative guy. And, you know, but but, uh, we want to make sure that he has the puck. And the other part of that is that, how do you get the puck back? How do you check to get the puck? You know, like that's, we always have to check the score. And I think that's a big thing with, uh, with Matt is that uh, learning that, you know, you can't wait for that puck to come to you. You're going to have to make sure that, you know, you're checking and taking away other teams time and space and being really hard on your stick. And what I mean by that is heavy on your stick and getting into battles and being around that. And he's not going to be a, a guy who goes and, and blows people up or things like that, but he's got to be a guy who takes away that time and space and really effective at getting people uh, through people's hands on checking. And he's a guy, like I said, that uh, we want him with the puck. 
obviously as Don said, I agree with Don, he's got some pretty good numbers down here. So how do we get him with a puck more? And I think that'll serve him well too when when he gets that next call. And and the other thing is too, he's he's penalty killing and playing in all situations too. So those are really good opportunities for him to become a more rounded player. Just a few more with uh, Trent Cull, head coach of the Wranglers. And, and one more guy I, I wanted to ask about individually, Trent. And I, I remember asking you, I want to say about a month and a half ago, maybe longer, about uh, Emilio Pedersen. And, and just ask kind of what your initial impressions were of him. Well, he puts up a, another solid night on Friday in the 5-1 win. Uh, has the goal in three points. He's your second leading scorer on the team this year. I, I'm just curious in terms of what you've seen progression-wise and, and what you're seeing from him right now in, in how confident he's playing, what your impressions are of Emilio? Just his, his consistency level, to be honest with you. I mean, I think that's uh, the guy, I guess, from the past has shown that he can uh, make skilled plays and be a consistent performer. Um, but now it's doing that all the time. And, you know, sometimes that comes with, with age, right? So, you know, a little bit of maturity. And I think that's the things, too, that we talk about with him is just making sure that you're he's almost structured in his roots so so people know where he is because he's another guy that we like having the, him having the puck for sure. And then uh, and the other parts is, is the same thing as, as what we talked about a little bit with Matt is checking to get the puck back, checking to score. Like, how, what can you do? to make sure that line can find a way. Because those guys have been playing together the last uh, few games and found it to be a good combination with Bishop in the middle. And uh, and that's the one thing with Petey. Is he, he can keep going like that and bringing it every night. I think it's, it's an awesome opportunity for him. Uh, two more games on this homestand. Uh, how how would you not even just from a result standpoint, but you know having the ability to be at home for an extended period of time, and especially after that trip you had just before Christmas, just how how beneficial has it been to be back in Calgary, practices in, getting some games, and being in one place? How how big has that been for the group? It's good. You know what I mean? We had a real uh, bear of a November there too with some of the travel and then, you know, you get through and you're just trying to have some days where you're more like mending than you are doing much else on those off days yeah. in December. And like you said, so now it's nice to, you know, give, give the guys a day off on Sunday, you know, have them back there today, work on, have the development team there with them all today and working with them and, you know, and talking with them. And for me, it's nice. It's a different voice for the players and different things that, that we're talking about. And then us getting them back here now fresh tomorrow and having a good practice. And so we've got two weeks of this, this week and next week are almost kind of mirror image when we head on the road again next week. But, uh, but it's really nice. Like you said, to just get some guys, some rest and, uh, and hopefully for us, it's really important because, We've got so many guys that have kind of uh, kind of licking their wounds right now or have been hurt, so it's, it's a really good time, hopefully, for a lot of these guys to heal up and we can get them back here sooner than later. Appreciate the time, as always, Trent. Good luck this weekend against Ontario in the final two games of the homestand. We'll uh, chat at you next week, but uh, appreciate the time, as always. Hey, thanks for doing this. Thanks, guys. Take care of yourself. Thanks for having me. No problem. Trent Cull is the head coach of the Calgary Wranglers. He joins us Mondays, and he joins us on the future on the future of the Flames. Brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech, fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how an idea originating in Calgary inspired hope for many, visit oncolyticsbiotech.com. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of positives, lots of stories with that team. So the return to play. Protocol continuing for Oliver Shillington. Now I'll return to play protocol underway for Kevin Rooney and Jacob Pelche. 
Plus, you know, Matt Coronado continues to light it up. I do know it's it's going to be a challenge to get him into the NHL lineup for the next little while until things start to open up. But in the time being, he's he's sending a message, and I I, I know that message has definitely been noticed by the Flames management. Um, you've got Emilio Pedersen, who I thought had a really strong training camp for the Flames. Yeah, he's having himself a nice year in his second in team scoring. They haven't had Pelche this year. Mm-hmm. They haven't had Matthew Phillips this year. Yet here they are. They're they're still one of the best teams in the American League, number one in the Western Conference, and uh, we'll get their All Stars this week. We'll find out if it's one or multiple All Stars joining Trent Cull at the All Star game in San Jose. You said right, San Jose. Yeah, another. You mentioned a few guys. Uh, another guy I've heard really positive reviews about it and been quite impressed with in the the limited amount I've seen the Wranglers this year is Cole Schwint, who's really sinking his teeth into this organization's marching orders that they want him to be one of those really reliable shutdown type centers. We we saw him nearly crack the opening night roster for the Calgary Flames, and I think he's been a real positive story for the Wranglers as well. Uh, we talked uh, chat with Trent Cole every week here on Flames Talk. Thanks to uh, Reese of the Wranglers for making that happen once again. And uh, thanks for you, or thanks to you rather, for hanging out with us this hour on Flames Talk as we start to wrap things up. Wes Gilbertson is on Twitter at Wes Gilbertson, and Shannon Cam have been our producers this hour. This hour has been the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Did you know Calgary Lock and Safe also fixes doors? If you have one that needs it, visit Calgary. Lockandsafe.com slash doors.